Hello everyone, welcome back to the Total Football Podcast. Today we're back with another match review. Today's episode will be no no. Today we're back with another match review. And today's episode will be reviewing. Today we're back with another episode in which we will be reviewing. Okay. Do you want oh, me to go through or are you, are you good? No, do it. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Total Football Podcast. Today, we're back with another match review in which we will be talking about some of the biggest and most interesting games from this past weekend. Um, we've actually got kind of a very, very thick, um, thorough examination of some of the biggest games. So, Matt, why don't you get us started with La Liga? Yes, uh, this this match week was pretty interesting for the title race in La Liga. Uh, it's pretty tight, uh, but... All of the kind of top three who are fighting for it won their games. Uh, let's start with the first team that played this uh, match week, this weekend, and that was Real Madrid. They've won 3 1 away against uh, Celta Vigo uh, with Karim Benzema scoring twice and Marco Asensio uh, doing it again. Last uh, In the last game against Atalanta, he also scored a late goal in the 84th minute, I believe. And this time he scored in additional time, so extra nine uh, after the 90th minute. And yeah, mm-hmm. we've also had uh, Atletico Madrid, the other uh, team in Madrid, played home, and they faced Deportivo Alaves. Uh, it was a good game. I think Atletico controlled it. You know, the fullbacks were very uh, influential in that game. I think Kieran Trippier, uh, that the England right back. He was uh, subliminal in that game. Uh, he he was the one who has created an opportunity for Luis Suarez to score a header and his 500th uh, career goal. And it was a good way to uh, yeah just mark that achievement. Uh, there was mm-hmm. a lot of uh, excitement and uh, adrenaline in the end because Deportivo Alaves were given a penalty after uh, Savage, the Atletico defender, uh, committed a foul on the striker of Deportivo Alaves. I think it, I believe it was Joselu or Joselu, however you want to pronounce it. But he was also the penalty taker, and yeah, uh, amazing. It was an amazing save from uh, Jan Oblak to save the team, and the team was absolutely buzzing in the end. Everyone was just uh, hopping and just bouncing around as if they won the, a league. And uh, with that, mm-hmm. do you think, guys, that that was the most important kind of save which saved the title hopes for Atletico Madrid? Um, yeah, I think, you know, from Obla, very good to save a penalty then. But still, around 10-plus match weeks to go, right, Matt? Uh, yeah, I believe so. So, yeah, maybe that penalty save might be crucial, you know, when you add up the points at the end of the season. Might just be what gets Atletico at the end of the line because it can get very tight near the end. But talking about goalkeeper heroes, the Sevilla goalkeeper Bono scored an equaliser in the 94th minute against Real Valladolid. Um, the game finished 1-1. Oh, oh. <laughs> very, very um, crazy scenes, if i got to be honest. Very good finish as well. Uh, must have gotten some tips from Haaland from when they played Borussia Dortmund. Uh, Matt, also, if you would like to talk to us about Real Sociedad getting smacked by Barcelona 6-1. Yes, yes, of course. Uh, Real Sociedad, they uh, 
invited Barcelona to their home ground and uh, Barcelona just create, made the Real Sociedad Stadium their own ground. Um, Barcelona won 6-1. It was an s- amazing performance from the Blaugrana. And yeah, I think Messi and co are doing an, a very impressive job. I think since that comeback against Sevilla in the semi-final of the Copa del Rey, I think they've been on amazing run. You know, obviously the PSG game, they've at least they've shown something in that game. I think um, mm-hmm. it was a bit of a game which you know they they've assumed that maybe they're not going to win and they're not going to go through. So yeah, they didn't kind of mind that uh, loss and exit of the Champions League. But since then, Barcelona mm-hmm. and uh, Ronald Koeman's side is very is looking very good. You know, Usman Dembele, who I believe scored in that game as well. He's looking very good this season. Obviously, some people were criticizing him for not finishing those chances against PSG that I mentioned uh, earlier. But this, yeah. but he's still, I think, this season he's the most uh, improved player, and he's shown why he was so expensive to acquire from. Borussia Dortmund back in 2017, I believe. And yeah, the yeah. alien Messi, you know, he's just make, setting new records. He's the uh, most, he's the first person with the most appearances for the Barcelona, uh, for Barcelona in general. And yeah, his numbers, his goal contributions, goals, assists, they come right and left. And yeah, he's just someone special to have on your team sheet. And Barcelona, so, uh, thankful to have him on that on on the on this in the squad yeah Matt, at the start you said that barcelona made the that stadium their own ground um psg kind of did the same thing when they went away at leon you know at one point in the game it was four nil to psg the match finished four two but it really doesn't reflect actually how well psg played and i think they're coping so well with their tough schedule you know they've played barcelona then they lost to Nante and they made up for that loss, you know, with this win. They've got some hard games again. Oh, they played Lille in the French Cup. They've got Lille coming up in the league, Bayern Munich as well. So we'll see how that will go. Um, Matt, any thoughts on the game? Yes, I think um, we have to talk about uh, the rising star, Kylian Mbappe. Uh, he marked off mm-hmm. his 100th goal in, uh, in Ligue 1 and he's the quickest to do so, uh, to to reach such a status and yeah he's subliminal I think PSG as you said uh, I think what Mauricio Pochettino does is makes them focus for the big games Leon was a, probably the most essential and vital uh, game fixture to win uh, if they want to continue if they want to maintain the crown of them being the French champions it was a very important game for them 4-2 they came prepared. They did mm-hmm. superbly well. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to ask Ali and Alex a question. Obviously, we've seen PSG actually playing pretty well without Neymar as well in this tough schedule that they have. Do you guys think that by playing so well, they can, they're can showing that they can be potential contenders for the Champions League? Ali, you go. Uh, well, I mean... Uh, I was talking to Edo about this previously and I was, you know, quite surprised in the performances of PSG without Neymar. And we all know that Neymar is a, a clear talisman for PSG. And, you know, to be honest, I've been really surprised of um, 
PSG's performances. Yeah, they've had a couple slip-ups in the league during the season. Um, however, recently speaking, they've they've been on top of the game. Mbappe has been remarkable. Uh, the rest of the team is, you know, they're playing to to their world-class level. And you know what, Edo, they are favourites of the Champions League. And if Bayern Munich are looking at PSG right now, the 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 leaders, you know, the 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 previous winners of the Champions League, I'm pretty sure they'll be quite feared over the attacking form of Mbappe. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for, Alex? for me the same. Ali covered everything. I think with the addition of Neymar mm-hmm. coming back against Bayern, I think they'll be seeking revenge for the final of last season. So, yeah, anything can happen in that game. But I think yeah, we'll just wait and see. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Matt, the Bundesliga news. Oh, uh, yes, of course. Uh, we're going to start off with uh, my team, uh, Bayern, who um, won 4-0 against Stuttgart. And it was a remarkable game, not only for the Bavarians, but also for Robert Lewandowski. But be- before I'm going to ramble on how great Bayern were, we can't, uh, talk about we cannot mention we cannot not mention uh, the red card which was shown to Davies. You know, uh, I think that it was a bit of a harsh decision, but I see where the referee's coming from. But you know, Davies was very apo- apologetic from the start. He didn't mean it, but it's kind of it is what it is. Um, mm-hmm. So that means that uh, obviously in the next game, Bayern are facing. RB Leipzig and uh, two players that are out from this game, from this fixture, are, are Davies and Jerome Boateng, who has too many yellow cards and he's on a card suspension. Um, well, uh, Bayern, uh, I think I saw this meme on the social media. They took it, took that personally, you know, the Jordan meme, and uh, they took that red card personally. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they started to just, they were on the rampage. Uh, Lewandowski in the first half scoring the perfect hat-trick, you know, left foot, right foot, header. It was uh, exceptional. And then, yeah, uh, Stuttgart, um, you know, they were able to produce some good results this season, but this game was not the one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, also, current draw against Dortmund, um, uh, Haaland must be very frustrated after having scored two goals and not managing to get the win. Mm. Um, Matt, you wanted to discuss a bit about Borussia Mönchengladbach and maybe appointing Xabi Alonso. Yeah, so um, this weekend, uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach won 3-0 against Salke away. And um, it's just kind of uh, usual stuff nowadays. Schalke are just kind of the whipping boys. They, they're getting whipped from all over the place. They're getting abused. But yeah, they're just free, easy three points. But um, uh, obviously that game was kind of eclipsed by the rumours which Sabi Alonso would potentially join uh, as a coach and will kind of start his uh, senior managerial career because now he's... Uh, uh, he's coaching the youth team uh, of uh, Real Sociedad. 
And mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think that Marco Rosa leaving is very it's very impressive to um it's very exciting, I, I should rather say, to see him um uh go to such a club. You know, they've had kind of they did really well in the previous two seasons and this one as well. Uh this yeah, but this one was a bit of a drop off in form, to be honest with you. We'll see if he'll be able to keep stars such as Neuhaus and Zakaria in in the squad. If he can kind of uh, persuade them to stay because he's creating such an exciting project. And yeah, I think that... What do you guys think? Is he an exciting kind of uh, person to join that thing? Because I personally think he he has an expertise from... uh, great coaches and yeah yeah i'm definitely very excited to see how you know his tactics and how he will actually play um if borussia Mönchengladbach make it to european competitions i, I really look forward to see uh Xabi alonso in charge mm. i think for me it's always the thing with new managers who have little experience Though they might struggle, we're seeing it now with Pele and Juventus, which we'll get onto later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Ali, I know there wasn't a lot of Premier League action in the in the Premier yeah. League this weekend, but I do know that you still have a lot to talk to talk about, as there was the FA yeah, Cup. Yeah, though. Um, I- a lot of uh, interesting FA Cup fixtures this weekend. We had the the likes of Chelsea beating Sheffield United 2-0, showing that they are right now um, in exceptional form, brushing teams off left, right and centre, improving, you know, uh, Thomas Tuchel's, you know, um, impact to Chelsea right now, proving that, you know, all mm-hmm. those world-class signings that they've made, they can provide um, results that take them to places such as the Champions League uh, quarterfinals and now the FA Cup semi-final. Um, I must say, Sheffield United per shift in. They played well, although um, Chelsea scored two fantastic goals. And I must say, Hakim Ziyech's, uh, um, Hakim Ziyech's goal that made Chelsea um, conclude the game was exceptional. Exceptional half volley, touch on the right foot. Volley on the left, it was exceptional, I must say. And Mm -hmm. uh, moving on swiftly to Leicester City and Manchester United, which for me, I can't lie, it was a big shock. I mean, Leicester City played great football. Uh, Manchester United were very poor. Fred made numerous mistakes, constantly giving the ball away. But Leicester City were on point. And uh, I mean, Iniacho scoring uh, another goal... Proven right now, he's on fire. Good form, great form. You know, for yeah. once, Leicester City aren't, you know, fully dependent on Jamie Vardy, which is something that we haven't, you know, you know, heard of at all recently. Um, Ali, yeah. I just have a quick question Certainly. about United. And um, so we know the Premier League, it's nearly certain that City is going to win it. And now they're out of the FA Cup. Now they've only got the Europa League left. And if they didn't win that, do you think it's a failed season for United? And what do you think they should do with Ole? Look, um, I have my um, individual views about Ole and I don't think he's um, he's cut out to be a Premier League manager at all. However, 
from where United were last season and comparing that to this season, I think there has been quite a lot of progress. I think this has been the biggest leap from season to season uh, mm. since since the Alex Ferguson, you know, Alex Ferguson era, if you'd like. And although they, they didn't make it to the semis, although they, they, they didn't get the results um, in the Champions League and now they're in the Europa League, I still think it's considered as a as, as a good season for them. I mean, I think it's fair to say they're favourites to be, you know, runners-up to Manchester City. And I think it's a really good season, Alex. I really do for them. Mm. But, uh, yeah, so other games such as Everton, Manchester City. <sighs> Manchester City brushed them away. Everton had a couple chances here and there, but not many clear cut-through chances that could get them a goal or two. Manchester City... Dominating possession, dominating, you know, attacking chances, showing the world-class team that they are right now. And I mean, I mean, Everton didn't really have a shot for a trophy this season. But if they, you know, were able to get to the semi-finals of the FA Cup, would have been a better season, topping off the Champions League run that they are in right now. And I mean... Two more goals for Gundogan, and I believe Kevin De Bruyne, correct me if I'm wrong, scored yeah. the other goal. But Gundogan, woof, what a season he is having right now, scoring numerous goals. You know, we're talking mm-hmm. about numbers with the likes of Lewandowski, Lionel Messi, but Gundogan, for someone who hasn't really been that go-to player for goals for Manchester City, he's surprising a lot of people. And in my opinion right now, I would say he's the best pre- uh, player in the Premier League in terms of form. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, oh, we've got a big game to talk about. West Ham and Arsenal. Poof, where do we go from here, lads? I mean, look, did anybody did anybody watch the game? Unfortunately uh, Alex, not. what about you? Did you manage to watch it? I just saw a few minutes of it. I saw, I saw Arsenal were attacking. This is still when West Ham were winning. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I've got to ask you, Matt. It would be quite rude of me to not ask you. Um, yeah, I've seen snippets. I've seen the highlights uh, in general, so I'm a bit aware of what happened, but not. I'm not seeing the. I haven't seen the Fair full enough. picture. If uh, no, no, it was just interesting because I actually think it's the it's the game of the weekend. Uh, yeah. West Ham attacking brilliantly, showing you know you know the type of you know the type of uh, structure David Moyes has has taken place shows that they are you know a potential Champions League and Europa League team right now. The the likes of Thomas Suchek and oh it pains me to say it lads, but Jesse Lingard he's on fire. Scored another. Beautiful goal, and I mean, oh, three no up. How on earth can you concede three goals? I mean, let's say the the first two goals that they conceded were own goals, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second goal, I don't remember who scored the own goal, but it was uh, extremely unlucky. Suchek. It was a Suchek. Hey, yeah, deflection. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. Craig Dawson. I mean, the Craig for the Dawson third one, one was a brilliant finish. I must say to the opposite side, it was, it was <laughs> bang. No keeper could have saved that. But I mean, Lacazette, you know, he's he's been good this season. If anything, he's been the talisman for Arsenal this season along with Saka. Yeah. But what a result for Arsenal this is. I mean, 
obviously they would have wanted the three points, but due to the circumstances and the way West Ham were attacking in the first quarter of the game, I would say they they fought back remarkably, and you know they got a well deserved point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could one word that you could say uh, is karma to describe this game. You know, one goal that uh, West Ham have scored was a bit of a uh, chaotic one. You know, Saka committed a foul on one of the West Ham players. Uh, yeah, the conversation it was still ongoing with the with the with the referee, and everyone was like uh, bundling uh, uh, like close to the. The Arsenal players were bundling close to the referee and discussing, and West Ham took it, uh, took the free kick very quickly, went down the wing, and I believe Sutek was the, oh Jared Bowen, sorry, was the one who scored a bit of a nasty goal, a bit of a not fair play goal. You know, not everyone was prepared for that, for that free mm-hmm. kick to start off. So I think a bit, it's a bit of a karma moment um, where Arsenal managed to pull. Free back, you know, and enough, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with everything that I Ali mean, has yeah, said. chaotic for sure, Matt. Chaotic indeed. Um, uh, no, Matt, you wanted to cover this game, even though uh, Edo wasn't in favor to cover it so much. But Brighton <laughs> winning 3 0 against Newcastle, brilliant game for Brighton, clean sheet, three goals. Uh, Oh, it was it was a really good game for Brighton, showing you know I I think I don't know if it's fair to say the out of the relegation battle, but I mean Newcastle, shamely for them you know they're gonna have to fight for their lives. They need to dig results in in the coming games because Fulham, you know I believe in in a seventeenth place are breathing behind them and you know if 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 games don't come Newcastle's ways they can be in the relegation zone quite quickly. And I don't see them coming out of it if, you know, they, they get there. They've had, you know, a poor couple, you know, last games. Fulham, I think they've been a bit more consistent recently. And I do believe that at the end of the season, it'll be quite interesting between those teams. But my gut feeling is telling me that Fulham might just edge it. I feel like they, they have that, you know, a bit, more, a bit more momentum than Newcastle do. I think Newcastle seem a bit more you know, rigid. They don't feel, you know, it, it doesn't seem like they want to play football occasionally, even though they've showed glimpses of good football. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Ali. I think out of those five teams who are kind of in the relegation scrap, obviously uh, Sheffield Sheffield United are a bit, you know, yeah. they're probably I think, going I think to, they've accepted that uh, they're going down. I think they just want to, they want to just... Yeah. Yeah, they I think just want to go down, put their heads high, I think. Yeah, and come back stronger, even stronger. I, I agree with you. So out of two other places, uh, I think West Brom and Newcastle are the ones who don't show any kind of fun football. For As a neutral of the Premier League, I think that uh, Brighton and um, Fulham are the ones who kind of, you know, Scott Parker, you have to give a bit of credit. You know, he doesn't, He's a very versatile with his tactic. You know, he kind of um, acts acts uh, when a game doesn't go to Fulham's favour. You know, he's a bit of a uh, reactive coach. He can change and kind of alter the kind of style of play that Fulham are playing. But And Brighton, sorry to cut you off there, Ali. Brighton, I just think Graham Potter is just an amazing kind of tactician in general, I think. Uh, one player that stood out for me in this game was Leonardo Trossard. 
he scored one of the goals. He's been brilliant. I believe in last two games, he was the key man of the match. Uh, Rating-wise, he was the best player in both of Brighton's winning games. So, yeah, I think he's been brilliant and uh, scored in the last two games as well. Also, Jakub Moder, he had a full uh, full 90 minutes. And it's a very young squad with a lot of talent. You know, Terry Glampty is injured, I believe, still. So, the only I, I really hope Brighton stay up because they are um, mixing, you know, the experience with Welbeck and Lalana, if I believe, believe correctly, it is. Well, yeah, well, right? I mean, he scored a stunner. Uh, I don't know if anybody's seen the goal, but it was an absolute beauty from him. A wonderful uh, cutting in with his right foot, I believe. And yeah, outside the box. Goal, yeah, yeah, he was the one who scored it. Who scored it. And I, yeah, I think that that kind of uh, amount of uh, collective in, like, to conclude. I think the collective that Brighton have is very exciting and I think I would love for them to stay up. And Newcastle, they just are pretty miserable. And yeah, they, they don't know what to do. They just kind of put their head down and just, I don't know. There's not, I feel sorry for all the Newcastle <laughs> fans just, just saying that. Yeah, because it's miserable to watch the team that plays such such yeah, football. Yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah. I mean, you look at the, the, the next... Um, fixtures for Fulham and I believe they're playing Aston Villa and Wolves in the coming games and then you compare uh, Newcastle, um, Brighton who have got two tough games with Manchester United and Everton and then you look at Newcastle with their next game with their next games having Tottenham and West Ham you're just looking at Fulham and you're comparing the, the, the next couple of games and I'm wondering whether they could snatch a, a cheeky result like they did against Liverpool, unfortunately. And maybe, maybe, just due to the, the complexity of those fixtures, uh, as, as, you, as you predicted, Matt, I think Newcastle would just, unfortunately, be relegated. Yeah. All right, so what league should we cover next, guys? Okay, uh, before we move on to the Serie A, I think we should just cover some of the kind of in brackets, uh, rest of the world. So the Eredivisie, the, the Primera Liga, and then the Scottish League. And after that, we'll move on to the Serie A. Um, so in the Eredivisie, uh, big game AZ against PSV was opened up by Carlsen early on in the game. Um, after that, PSV, you know, they had a lot of chances. Like in every game, they have a lot of chances and they just don't score. They don't manage to score. Um, and as I took advantage of that, and Coop Miners scored a fantastic goal. Um, in my opinion, Coop Miners is one of the most underrated midfielders in Europe. 23, captain and such a, such a good player. Um, Ali, I know you wanted to talk about... I, I, wait, wait, before we move on to the Scottish League, uh, another game from the Eredivisie. Ajax beat Ado 5-0, which means that they are now 11 points clear and ever so close to winning that title. All right. Over I mean, to you, Ali. This was a highly uh, interesting and anticipated um, game. Unfortunately, I only managed to watch the second half of this game, but uh, it was interesting. I heard there were fireworks across Glasgow after the old firm derby that fizzled out. And it was, it, it's a, it was a great game. Um, I mean, the it was a 1-1 draw. Um you know, Rangers didn't play their best football, but they were, you know, they were they were happy with the result. Um, you know, 
I must say Celtic played a better football, a bit more attacking. But I mean, you know, there was there was some real dominance from Celtic. Uh, I remember there was link-up play between uh, El Unisi, Edward, McGregor, um, causing the the current Scottish champions under Stephen Gerrard um, a lot of a lot of um, you know a lot of pressure. And um, yeah, it was it was a great game. Uh, nothing more to say to that, but uh, Rangers just. I think are they still undefeated in the league? I, be- I believe, and I mean that's a that's a great so. achievement under so. Stephen Gerrard, and I'm sure um, this season will be cherished by uh, many Rangers fans across Scotland. Yeah. Um, it was actually really lovely to see the Celtic captain go over in the Rangers half and give a hug to Kamara. Um, before the start of the game. So that moment of respect, especially in the old firm derby, is definitely, just really definitely. nice to see. It. Um, news from the Portuguese league, uh, Sporting Club de Braga, or actually is it Sporting Club Braga, um, lost 2-0 to Benfica. That was a matchup between the third and fourth place in the Primeira Liga. Yeah, yeah. Alex, are you ready for the Serie A? <laughs> uh, not a match week and not a good match week for our teams uh, I guess we'll start off with Fiorentina and Milan for once Milan didn't get a penalty and they managed to win the game close game 3-2 against Fiorentina <laughs> but that's not why we're here today we're here today to talk to you about um, two losses first one my team Roma against Napoli it's a bitter loss because in the second half Actually, let me start off with the first half. <laughs> um, we conceded two goals, obviously, Mert and scoring both of them. We just we just couldn't create anything. Um, but in the second half, we actually woke up, created some chances, and we hit the post as well. So I definitely think maybe we could have snatched a point, but unfortunately, we didn't manage to. And I just want to say that if Fonseca can't play against the big teams, then I think he should leave. Because it's really disappointing to see how his tactics are so good, you know, especially in our first matches against Braga and uh, Shakhtar in the Europa League. His tactics were so on point and it was so beautiful. But then he can't play against bigger teams such as Napoli, Juve, Milan, Atalanta. And if you can't play against those big teams, you don't deserve to play European football. So I've seen some rumors about Julian Nagelsmann. Edo, Edo, sir, uh, really just to interject comes. like that. And, um, um, I remember Alex saying a statistic so um, last, uh, in last week's episode saying how um, Roma haven't won a game when they play um, in European football midweek. And mm. <laughs> unfortunately, that streak is yeah. still going on. So <laughs> how long do you, feel, do you think this, yeah. this, this streak will carry on, um, especially when you reach the, the final stages of the Europa League, Edo? For now, I think you know in the Serie A we're gonna we're, we're gonna be playing European football next season unless we do win the Europa League and and I believe that Fonseca should focus on the Europa League. We've got Ajax um, next up, which is a you know winnable game, and next up Man United. They showed this weekend actually that they can't play cup games, <laughs> losing three ones to Leicester City. So. Hopefully, they do lose to Granada or hopefully we do beat them. The streak, hopefully, it doesn't continue for much longer. Uh, I don't actually know who we're playing after the game against Ajax, but and, and we just, will certainly see. Sorry, 
Alex, as yeah, a go Roma, <laughs> by the end of the season because Lazio has only one point behind with a game in hand. So if they win that one, Roma goes seven. Mm-hmm. So yeah, where do you see Roma by the end of the season? Yep. Okay, let me just bring up the table. Yeah, right now we're sixth. Um, Nicias staying mm-hmm. in sixth or best fifth place. Um, I don't think Lazio will manage to keep that form and stay mm. above us for the rest of the season. Um, and this is if I don't. Con- this is I'm basing off, you know, well we will lose the next all of the next big games as well. So even if we do, I think we'll still manage to get that sixth. Place right. Edo, talking about the the the, the and I know we're but... covering Roma a lot. Um, sorry to put you on pressure, but um, I mean look <laughs> at the the table right now. Um, let you have a game in hand P- winning potentially they'd be ahead of you um, mm-hmm. my question is at this stage for Roma although they've shown a lot of promise this season and potentially winning you know it, it's quite possible that they, they, they can win the Europa League do you think for the sake of Roma's future in the next couple of years maybe playing European League uh, League next season isn't the, the, the right approach maybe it's to you know get back to, to winning ways in, in the Syria, focus on domestic form, and then maybe two seasons once you build that foundation and you know systematic of approach of winning games week in week out, then you should be you know focusing more on European football. Um, I think Champions League definitely not. Um, first of all, because if you can't beat the big teams, you shouldn't be playing Champions League football. Secondly, as you said, Ali, you know we've got young players, a young team, um, and everything just need to settle in. But I think we can still be playing, you know, European football, especially like Europa League. Uh, hopefully not the UEFA Conference League. That would be very embarrassing. But I think we can still play Europa League, and we'll see how the season goes. You know, if we get to the you know semi-finals, um, maybe even. The later stages, we can say that we can play Serie football and European football. The problem is that we can't win against the big teams. I don't know what that is. Um, I think it's the Fonseca after last night's game. He talked about the mentality. It's just not the right mentality to, to be playing with against those big teams. So that's what we need to change. Finally, can we move on to Juventus? <laughs> Alex, mate, you can, you can play my videos from the other weeks. It's always the same old story. Just playing sideways football, too slow. And yeah, Ali's laughing, I can see her. And yeah, it's just embarrassing, really. Into now, they're going to win the league. And yeah, I think. We need a tour to rebuild. And yeah, I've got nothing else to say. Well, unless you ask me something. Hold up, hold up. Can we just say? Can we just say? Uh, I just wanted to say, you know, surprise. Polo in or Polo out? What's the decision, Alex? <laughs> no, for me, oh, Polo yeah. has to go. <laughs> I think. Legend's gone. Oh. I think it was a bad choice by the board to. Um, take him in in the first place with no experience and yeah I don't know what they were trying to do because I I, I see Juventus now 
competing for the Champions League and now not even winning the Serie A anymore is just poor. Yeah. Yeah, I want to say they're surprising. You know, out of all teams that you've played, Benavent is the one that beats you. Yeah, go on. Can I just... Can I ask something? Yeah. Okay, rewinding back in time, um, obviously, Sari just won the Serie A title. And do you think, would you still kept him if you kind of foresaw what's happening now? And if not, then who would you kind of pick instead of Perlo to take Did over that match? before? Oh, no, I wouldn't keep Sari. Yeah. His football was just really bad as well. And I think it was just the other teams such as Inter and Milan who went up to the standard last season and this season they just caught up and played better, honestly. And then, would you, Pirlo, yeah? Mm. And then, uh, and then obviously, mm. if you're not keeping Sari, then who would be your choice instead of Pirlo? Well, I think as every Juve fan, we would take Allegri for granted after everything he won for us. Uh, yeah, I would just take him back with both hands right now. And yeah, hopefully he'll come back for next <laughs> season. Well, can I just say I've never seen Alex like this? <laughs> you know, for all the years yeah. I've known him, I've never seen you. I've never seen yeah. Alex not celebrating. By this time, we would have won the league already so. seasons ago. <laughs> so. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, look how times change. Manchester United are doing better domestically than Juve. We wouldn't have thought that. <laughs> oh yeah, true. At least they're still in Europe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think Juve could play the Conference League just to get used oh, to it. Um, we just need the whole rebuild. So half of the team, I'd say, and I think even Silva so, Ronaldo at this point. Honestly, Alex, you're making a lot of bold des- uh, decisions yeah. and statements today, mate. <laughs> yeah, hot takes. Yeah. Hey, no, yes, no. my connection. Hot has to go. I think we bought we bought him for the Champions League, and he only made matters worse. You know, we couldn't get past the quarters. So, <laughs> what's the point? Uh, yeah. yeah. You know what? See, I hope now that Juve didn't win the title this season, um, I'm sorry, Alex, to say, but I hope this, I hope that this keeps on going for the next couple seasons, because <laughs> because I just want to see, you know, a new team winning the title every season. It will be fun starting the season and and, yeah. and saying, oh, at least Juve is not going to win it. You know, so, the other seasons, Juve, you know, you already know, yeah, you already yeah. knew from when the league started. I mean, guys, it's, it's it's interesting now because. I mean, Juve were always the Italian team you associated. You could come remotely close to the Champions League mm-hmm. and say, you know, we don't know if they're going to have a huge reboot mm-hmm. next season. Um, uh, and, you know, m- maybe, you know, win back the Scudetto and compete to the Champions League. But honestly, uh, realistically speaking, despite Inter's, you know, good form in Serie A, I don't think they're top Champions League quality as well. And now it's interesting. Who are the standout teams in the Serie A who can, you know, remotely compete in the later stages of the Champions League before we used to say Inter, 
you know, we say Milan, mm. we used to say Juventus, and now, to be honest, if Inter is the best thing Syria have right now, it's it's quite disappointing. Yeah, yeah. Is that a fair judgment? Yeah, definitely. Um, as we saw, all the Italian team, Roma is the only Italian team in Europe. And, um, oh, and Edo's made a statement Roma the best team in Italy <laughs> no 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 <laughs> no, that, no um, but just shows you know what's going on with the with no, yeah, I the think it's like the Italian philosophy and the way they play in Europe is, is different you know and I think that some Italian teams need no. new managers from different countries like now, Verma linked to Negos, man. So, and now with Fonseca and Verma, the only team in Europe with a non Italian yeah. manager, and they're doing well. So, yeah. Yeah. And you know, the thing is, Zagi, Gattuso, Pirlo, you know, we all know them. The, yeah, yeah. How do I say? Kind of inexperienced managers as well. Yeah. So, Inter with Conte. Um, I can see Inter going far in Europe if they make some new acquisitions this summer. Wanted you know, to Conte's just team. focus on the the league this season, and I think they purposefully went out early in the group stage. Yeah. You know, we don't think about this often, but Inter's changed since Conte has come. It's actually yeah, impressive, yeah. you know, before were Inter was not a, a dangerous League team. team. But ever since Conte... Yeah, exactly. But now when you face Inter, you know, you see La- Lukaku, Lautaro, Vidal, Skriniar, you know, Handanovic. Okay, Handanovic, maybe it's a bit... Yeah, a bit I, I mean, ever but, since... You know, it's a scary Marat team. Left, um, Inter just made smart um, transfers. Like, even though some of the players they bought are yeah. old such as Young, Sanchez. But yeah, they still make the difference at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. I think it's because, um, you know, the Inter board uh, has full trust in mm-hmm. what Conte is going to do. You know, he's won a lot of titles, you know, in Italy and in England. Uh, that's just an example. And they kind of believed in his system. You know, uh, Conte is known for having wing-backs and obviously he needed a lot of wing-backs. So they got him wing backs from the Premier League, the Youngs, the Moseses. And yeah, I think that trust is uh, an essential part in any kind of uh, transfer window uh, and uh, in the club uh, yeah. relationship dynamic. Well, respect from Conte is he had the guts to say, Nangolan, I don't want you in my plans. Icardi, I don't want you in my plans. Yeah. But at the time, two players that were performing very, very well in the Serie A, yeah, and yeah. then he replaced I them mean, with even better Maybe players. Nangolan. I think Nangolan would be perfect for Inter's midfield right now. I think he would be like the best fit. And, mm. But yeah, Lukaku has just been... Yeah, I agree. Apart from Haaland and Mbappe, I think he's been the most devastating striker in the world. I mean, he sh- he's shown he's oh, yeah, his, he, he his potential. <laughs> Look, I've always said this: Manchester United never managed to to, to get the the best version of Lukaku and Inter Inter have. Mm. He is a monster. He was a monster at Everton, and he's just showing it right now. 
you know, domestically for Inter. But guys, yeah. I just have a, I just have a, a, a quick, you know, you know, interesting, you know, a little conversation that I want to talk about. And we were talking about, um, you know, we're talking about Antonio Conte, and I've been, you know, I've been looking, I've been researching while you know you guys talking about this because, you know, I'm not the most knowledgeable about this, but. Antonio Conte and, and all of his, you know, um, uh, attempts at management. And as Matt said, he has been very successful, won several titles. But I mean, he's, you know, he's very good at rebuilding a team. But what he has failed to do over, you know, recent years is consistency, show cons- consistency within his teams. I mean, you, you look at the top teams that he's managed for, Juventus, he only managed them for, I believe, three years. Chelsea yep. managed them for two years. Won the title. Next season, Chelsea won Europa League positions. And I wonder, you know, will Inter Milan follow the same, you know, trajectory? Will will they be consistent? Will Juve step up? I, I, I personally believe when you look at Antonio Conte and his previous, you know, legacy, let's just say, I don't feel like he's the manager that, that Inter need for for the long term future, it's weird to say that, despite his domestic success currently. Yeah, yeah, I I didn't see Conte as a as a <laughs> manager who would win everything, like every title, such as Flick did with Bayern. I didn't see him as a domestic manager and only winning the domestic cups. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I mean, look, I, this is, I mean, look, if if. Inter managed to win the Scudetto, okay, and 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 it's a brilliant achievement. But mm. then you know, if they're not able to follow the same success next season, then there must be you know there must be you know uh, respect towards that Juve team that managed to win so much in 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 so many years, year after year after year. And it's you know Liverpool failed to do this. It's not about. You know, winning that title once, it's about retaining that title. And mm-hmm. guys, I mean, I feel like we should finish it off on this. Do we think? Yeah, yeah I must say, sorry <laughs> yeah, about it's that. becoming That's a topic cool. review right now. But to finish on of this note, considering that we all believe that Inter will win the Scudetto, do we see Inter, you know, you know, bouncing back next year and doing the same thing? I don't know, because when I think of Inter, I think of the 2010 team, you know, last time Inter won the Scudetto, and it, it's just, it feels like, it's just, it's just if, if I say Inter will win it again, yeah, for me, no, this, I think it, it just doesn't feel right. You know? I, I think the amount of hunger and kind of drive for more will be the factor that affects Inter the most. You know, they, they want they will want more and they will want another like success, as we mentioned, in maybe European competition as well. So it'd be a tricky one and also other teams catching up with them. It's a bit of a weird thing to say, but although with that, I kind of believe in Inter. So I don't know. I'll be the probably the odd one out and say I'm sticking with Inter. No, don't get me wrong. I think Inter can definitely win again next year. It's just... How do I say this? It's just if this inter team can does what you is it's like but is, but we could say is it can't, oh, inter- it's it's never mind. I'm just, gonna, <laughs> I'm just 
I think, yeah, Juventus that will put, but no, no, it's just Juventus that will yeah, put. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I, I, I can't, I can't lie. I mean, Juventus, this is this is their poorest season for for quite a while. Yeah. And I mean, Inter, I think they were just more consistent than the others. Nothing to do with, you know. I mean, on paper, I still don't think they have the best, you know, the best starting eleven in the whole of the Serie A, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm. I do it, you want to wrap it off? Okay, guys. <laughs> I can't lie. Ali, the rookie. I know you wanted to do that. I have to do that one. That's it, no um, thank you so much, everyone, for joining us in what was kind of a match review, which then rolled on <laughs> to become a topic review about the Serie A. Um, Friday will be um, Friday. We'll post an actual topic review. Um, we, we're yet to decide what we're about. What we'll be about, but it will be an interesting topic, that's for sure. I would like to thank everybody that's joined thank you to me you and today. So, Alex, thank you for joining us. Matt, thank you very much for your Thanks points. A lot. Thank you so much. Sorry for rambling the door, but thank you guys. Ali, thank you too as well. <laughs> Great stuff. Um, thank you to everyone that's been listening to this. Make sure to follow our Instagram, Total Football Podcast, for info, news, and links to our YouTube channel. We hope you enjoyed this, and we'll see you in the next one. Peace. <laughs>